last time on Provoking Dialogue, discussing Sickle Cell. Remy discusses how his new crisis that is going out of control is not only spiraling in ways that he never thought, but he is also learning that he no longer has a doctor. He has to go to the hospital. This crisis is not getting better by no means whatsoever. And finally getting to the hospital, he realizes that, oh boy, this is all about to go to shit because he now knows that anything that goes on from here on is not going to be in his favor. Especially the most important, getting him some pain medicine. This isn't going to go right. Remy continues that story now in episode two. Let's continue. It helped for 15 minutes. Done. I need some. <laughs> I need some more help here now. <laughs> this crisis is slowly taking off because now I'm not only aware of everything else, but it's taking a toll on me because mm. emotionally, I'm like I said, I'm aware of all of this. I'm stressing myself out mentally. I can't calm myself because it's like I don't have a doctor. I don't even know what to expect anymore. Yeah. Like everything is piling on me now. The crisis is getting worse. Getting worse, yeah. I'm getting more pain. And the more I stress myself out mentally, the more I'm unaware, the more emotional I am, that elevates my level of pain. So I came in, let's say, with a level uh, of four. I'm able to walk and whatnot, but I'm, I'm irritated and I know that this is going to escalate. And it can be managed within 24 hours properly if I get the right medicine, medicine and the right dosage. Uh, nope. So that slowly turns into six, seven. All right. Following day come, like I said, I went. That was that was the night before. Following day come, and this is when I realized, oh snap, I'm on a 24 hour default procedure. And 24 hours, like I said in the beginning, it's, it's normally a one to three day procedure default, and those are based off of what medicine you gave to the person, what is needed for that person, and what do they regularly get. But I don't have a doctor listed. So with all of that information, it all goes out the window because I don't have a doctor listed. There is nobody that is over me. So they're not even following the normal procedures that my doctors normally give. Right. I got to rely on whatever ER doctor is there on that shift. And like I said, these are people that know nothing about me yep. or understanding themselves. So everything is just getting tossed out the window. So by that morning, like I said, I'm at a level seven. As time goes on, and man, I, I I've been buzzing the nurses with the remote control. I need I need pain medicine. I need this. I need that for hours throughout the night, bro. And every nurse that I had shift has changed probably twice. Every nurse that I had. It was okay. Um, oh no, she. The first nurse said something to the extent of, "Okay, um, I'll see what I can do." And the second nurse, when the shift changed, was, um, "Okay, I'm, um, we're we're packed and we're waiting on uh, your doctor to respond." So just those two statements yeah. alone, yeah, I'm yeah, like, all right. Going on. I'm 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 shit out of luck here, boy. I'm shit out of luck here. And then so now you're at a point where you're not getting any medicine that you need, and everything oh, just keeps getting worse. Yes, everything is getting worse at this point. So that that seven turns into about an eight, 
Now, for those who don't, for those who don't know, and those listening, in regards to me as an individual, eight, nine, ten, those are like my <laughs> levels of I need to get this straight now or as soon as possible. Otherwise, I'm going to lose whatever structure I have going on mentally, mind, body, and soul. <laughs> like for the most part, if I keep myself in check mentally, all right, cool. I can focus on certain things internally to keep my body at a certain level. Spiritually, there's never a concern in, on that regard in regards to, you know, what we were raised up under a Christian household, God, prayer, belief, faith, et cetera, et cetera. That's not fractured at all. Physically, oh, that's definitely fractured. I am in, I'm in pain. <laughs> I don't want to move certain places. I can barely walk at this point. Like, I don't even want to bend my leg. So mentally and physically, I am broken. I'm broken yeah, at this point. Yeah. Then the, the cherry on top. After buzzing all of this and whatnot, and like I said, I'm aware of all of this. All right, cool. They're not coming in here to give me nothing, but I'm going to keep buzzing. Hours later, nurse comes in and she says, um, well, you're able to go home. Whoa, wait, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute, lady. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> able to go home i ain't talked to another nurse i haven't talked to another doctor like what this whole time i've been thinking that all right the yeah. doctor and, and the nurses are trying to get things together behind the scenes no these things been trying to send me home they mm -hmm. just been waiting on the 24-hour procedure to go through so they can send me home and she comes and she's like all right you can go home now and I'm reacting. Like I said, I'm already at high levels of pain. Right, right. But now hearing that, I'm I'm really broken. I'm I'm like, broken. How does broken. that even make sense? Like you've been asked for pain oh. medicine oh. all night. Wow. And I'm like, oh well, you can go home. So like how does that like <laughs> like that really oh. makes no sense? Man. No sense. Yes, it, it it doesn't, but that that I, I'm broken, broken now. Now now <laughs> spiritually, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm I'm about broken too, because and there, there's been moments in my past. I, I don't ask this question anymore now because I have an understanding of just who I am, or, or at least I feel I have an understanding of who I am, my purpose, and you know the blessing and hurdles that come my way, and how I maneuver around them. But then, the my 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 old question popped in my head, and I was like, God, why, why, why me, why me, like why, why all of this for me right now? That spiritually, now I'm starting to break on that too. She comes in and says that, and I'm like, no, like, I'm still in pain. Like, I'm still in pain, though. Like, I can't even walk. Like, how am I going home and I can't walk? I'm saying this to her. And like I said in the beginning, these are nurses and doctors that are not familiar with me or sickle cell. That lady gave two shits about that statement. She said, well, I'll, I'll go grab a wheelchair for you, and I'll come right back. Yes, exactly. Wow. Zero emotion behind her saying that at all. Like she heard it, it went in one ear, out the other. Yeah. She was like, Oh yeah, I'll grab a wheelchair for you. Don't worry. That's like <laughs> you know how I am one example stuff. That, right. That's like if I go to a Chinese restaurant or Chinese joint, you know I love Chinese food, and I get chicken and broccoli with chicken fried rice. I get my food and then I say, No, th this isn't what I ordered. And then her response would be, okay, I'm going to throw in extra soy sauce and sweet and sour sauce. Like, what? <laughs> it's here. 
That's not what I asked for. That, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about right now. So, yeah, I'm like, I can't walk. And when she says that, I'll get a wheelchair for you, bro. I'll break down. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm crying now. Like, this, this is a wrap. I'm really about to get kicked out or put out the hospital at full-blown crisis stage. And that means what? I got to go to a different hospital or I got to re- Read, uh, readmit myself, go back through the whole process through the ER or something like, bro, what? And I'm like, I don't have a doctor. So how many times do I got to keep doing that? How many times do I got to come back here and then go to the front and then come back here and then go to the front? Like, is that even possible? Like all of this stuff is playing around in my head now because I don't know what to expect anymore. And clearly this lady gives two shits about the fact of me being able to walk and I'm right. in pain. So she comes back in. Oh, I was trying to call. I was trying to call. Uh, Man, I was trying so hard to call mom or daddy on that phone there. But, you know, back there, it, you ain't getting no signal, bro. Oh, yeah. You're going to be lucky <laughs> if you get a hold of somebody. Right. Especially at that point. I think this was before remodeling uh, um, the ER area. So, yeah, it, it was ass period. Even if you was using the actual phone that was in the room, mm. no, nah, it wasn't going to happen. But she came back with the wheelchair. Like I said, I, I was already crying at this point. Like, you can clearly see that I've given up. I'm, I've given up. I don't know what to expect anymore. She comes back with the wheelchair and uh, I say, how how are y'all going to send me home? And I'm in a crisis. Like, you can clearly tell I'm still in pain. Like, I'm. if you know what I sound like when I'm crying and stressed out, like, my right. voice is shaky. Like, I am emotionally broken down here. <laughs> For real. <laughs> and I'm saying this to the lady, trying to get her to understand that and I'm I'm saying it on the level of how are you a nurse and doing your job, but you you see I'm in real pain here. You still not really doing your job and caring enough for the said patient. Like I'm speaking on that level. Like how are you gonna mm. send me home? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. Blah blah blah. And her only statement was, "Well, I, I did not get any other orders. The only orders I got was to uh, release you." And she said, um, I have to take the IV out as well. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what, like, I don't know. I said, I don't, that's oh, why I can never work in the hospital. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, someone needs to tell you, you see, this person is, has, is in pain. They're going through it. They're going through it. And you're telling them, well, okay, we see that. But first off, we're going to take you in a wheelchair to get you out of here. And I'm now about to unplug the IV out of you. It's like, how, like, what type of, like, Right. I, I don't I don't know. That is that is so interesting. <laughs> right. And I, I'm pretty sure for loved ones that look, you know, oh, care yeah. y'all hearing this story, I'm pretty sure y'all y'all feel so luckily no one way. luckily no one was there in the moment when all this was happening. I'm pretty sure if anybody in the family was there while this was going what? on. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so yeah, yeah. Oh, appreciate y'all. I love y'all too. I love y'all too. Um <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. She says that. She's like, yeah, I got to remove the IV as well. And just also because of the way she said that with little to no concern, like, I've given up on just trying to even converse with her. It's just, man, it's going to be whatever the hell it's going to be. I got to figure out a different way to maintain this. And then that also kicked in. I'm like, dang, this is what it really feels like when uh, other sicklers or whatnot come in. And though they might be actually going through something serious, they'll get labeled as 
a drug seeker or an addict just to come get some pain medicine and deal with the situation. And it's like, dang, I've never really been in that position fully until now. Like I'm feeling that energy. It's just like, damn, bro, this, this is, this is really shitty right here. And she goes to take the IV out. And uh, as she's taking the IV out, like she's removing the IV bag or whatnot, cutting the fluids off, cutting the machine off. Like she's doing all of that. And as she's doing all of that, I'm like, oh man, like what what can I do? Like I said, I couldn't I couldn't get a phone call out or no nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, like, bro, well, what can I do? Like, do I really gotta go back to the front and readmit myself? Like, what the hell? What what is my next move here? I don't know. Over over time, she's like I said, she she do her part and she gets to the point where um she's about to take the IV out out of my arm or whatever, and then it clicked. I had talked to somebody um, around the same time, like the night, in between the night and the morning where me and mom was going around trying to get, you know, this prescription filled and me not knowing that the physicians dropped me or whatever. Yeah. I had I had reached out to uh, a sickle cell group on Facebook and it was one particular nurse that I remember seeing um, at the hospital a lot. And uh, she knew me, of course. Like I said, the doctors and nurses that know me, they they know me, they know me. Right. right. And I forgot about her, but I came across her, and I remembered she worked there at Hurley's, and she has sickle cell. And I reached out to her on the Facebook thing, and I was like, I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm kind of breaking this all down. Type, typing it to her. I'm typing this message to her. And like I said, this, this is during the phase of me trying to get a prescription filled and not even realizing that the doctors have dropped me. I'm breaking yeah. down my situation. Like, what do I do in this regard? If I need medicine, who should I talk to? Like, are there any doctors that you can recommend? Because I don't think I'm going to stay with them. Like all of this. And she tells me about one doctor that is at Hurley's and she said his main office is at Hurley's as well and I could not think of the name of this dude for the life of me and I was like damn it he got one of those uh I don't know Arabic or you know that type of language he got one of those specific names mm-hmm. and I'm like dang I think it was Tofik or Tofak Tofik something but I'm like it, it spelled so unique to where it's like I'm pretty sure I can't fuck this up if I try to remember it correctly. Yeah. So, like I said, all of this, it comes to me and she's pulling the IV out, out of my arm or whatnot. And I'm like, oh, snap. She said that he was on the uh, 9 West floor. And that popped in my head because my main floor in Hurley's is 9 East. Right. And I was like, oh, that's so why you've never seen him. Yeah. Right. I never seen him. He's on the other side. I'm like, oh snap, bet. All right, cool. I, I got a plan now. Like, this is all mentally. She goes to take the IV out and whatnot. And she says, uh, did you call for a ride or anything? Or do I just need to will you to the front? At this point, in my mind, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to me. Don't will me nowhere. I don't need your help. Get the hell out of my face, period. Like I'm, I'm at that phase now. Now that I got something going on in my head, I'm like, I got a plan I can execute. 
get the hell away from me. <laughs> like that, that's the state I'm in, y'all. Right, right. So y'all never heard me really curse, curse. I'm I'm at that state. <laughs> Fuck you. Leave me the hell alone. Don't touch me for shit. And uh I didn't say all of that. <laughs> to her. I just said, no, I'm good. You did your job. I don't need your help no more. And uh, she noticed, yeah, I, I said that in a rude manner. I didn't, I didn't give two shits. And I, I'm still, I'm I'm crying, crying, like, bro. I'm, I'm crying, crying, because now yeah. I, I don't have anything. The pain has escalated. I'm at a 10. I can't walk. Uh, it, it hurts just to sit in this wheelchair now. But I can't stand. I can't do nothing. I am bawling my eyes out. And she goes, she goes to leave or whatever. I'm saying, no, nah, whatever. Get out, get out my face up, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was like, all right, if I can will myself to the elevator, I'm I'm just gonna do this. I only got this this one thing, this one plan to go off of. I'm I gotta execute it no matter what. So instead of me willing myself um to the ER entrance. I know my way around the hospital. Like I said, I've been here for years. <laughs> I'm crying. And th- this is another thing. Like, <sighs> I'm crying, willing myself to the elevators. Like, the elevator isn't really close. I got to make a left. I got to make a right. I got to go down this hallway, make another left, and then make another right to get to the main elevators. But through me willing myself down the hallway, bawling my eyes out, trying to keep myself in a a decent enough state to where I can at least will myself and then hope that while I'm willing myself that I don't get a crisis in my arms because now I'm I'm using my arms a lot and I'm in the middle of a crisis. And you already know if I'm already in a crisis, I'm doing too much of anything. Yeah, it's going to show up there too. That is going to show up there as well. Yeah, like in that moment, in probably the next 30 minutes to an hour, if I'm overdoing it in a crisis, wherever I am, that's going to be a crisis too. So I'm, I'm bawling my eyes out and I'm willing myself like, all right, the elevator was down this direction. But the entire time, the entire time I will myself through these damn hallways, no nurses or doctors reached out to help me. People walk by me while I'm willing myself. They ain't said nothing. Nothing, bro. I'm getting direct eye contact with some people nothing bro like nothing i i don't even know what my response would have been if that is the case but still just knowing the fact that y'all see somebody going through it and all y'all just pretend like y'all don't even see it not even hey do you you need a little help right need a little assistance not opening not keeping the door open for me no nothing nothing bro Mm -mm. and i'm like bro she this yeah but what whatever I'm, I'm noticing that but i'm not i'm not i'm not letting that get get to me in a moment right, i'm trying right, to execute right. this one plan right now that 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 statement came from reflection after the story but yeah i'm willing myself i'm like oh my god i i hope this dude is up there i hope this information is still valid i hope he's not somewhere else i hope he's here today like all of this stuff is i am praying <laughs> like this gotta work, please. Just give me a, a hint of something that this is true, and I'm going to get some type of assistance. So I'm bawling my eyes out, will myself onto the elevator, and I'm like, okay, nine, 
nine west. I'm like, yep, it's, it's the opposite of where I normally go. All right, cool. Now at that moment, when I'm when I hit the button, I'm trying to think of what's another backup plan. Yeah. And the only thing that I could think of is, man, F it. You know everybody. You know nine east love you, nurses. I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't know what the hell they expect, but at least I'll be in the presence of somebody who know yeah. me. So I'm like, if this don't work, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna wheel myself to the nurse desk in Nine East, and one of the nurses gonna definitely reach out for me. That's that's the only thought I had. But I'm right. focusing on this Nine West. Door opens up. It's uh, it's one of those hallways where you could turn left and keep going, and it's gonna lead somewhere else. It's gonna turn right and keep going, and it's gonna lead somewhere else. I have no damn <laughs> <laughs> where to go. Yeah. None. I just guess I, I I went to uh one of those moments with Granddad. You know how Granddad would be like, uh, uh, I want to give you the right hand of fellowship and shake your hand. Oh right, right, right. Hey, I'm oh, like, you know what? Righty tighty, lefty loosey. I'm right handed. Granddaddy's thing was right. I'm just gonna go to the right. I'm just gonna go to the right. I go to the right. Go around the corner. I see a nurse that I still don't know if I'm in the right area. I I don't see nothing yeah. similar to his name. No nothing. Nothing. I see my, I see uh, the nurse's area. Uh, thankfully, it was two people uh, right there. And I said, is this, uh, I'm crying, so my voice is trembling and whatnot. I said, is this uh, is this the area for uh, Dr. Tofik? Like, does the, do he work here? And then she said, yes, th- this is uh, his main floor, but he, he has an office in a totally different side of the hospital. And at this point, like I said, I'm crying. So I, I know while I'm crying in a high level pain. This is going. There's no other choice. This is going to get worse. It's going to keep getting worse yeah. at a rapid rate. At a rapid rate, this is going to keep getting worse. So I'm I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like, I, I got to see Doctor Tofig. Da 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 da. I try to break the situation down to her as much as I could, but I'm in so much pain, I can barely give a full statement out. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I just need to see him. Could y'all please, please buzz him or something like call them please please and these nurses are actual human beings <laughs> <laughs> finally <laughs> they have emotions <laughs> they are real people that care about their job <laughs> what do you know who would have thought <laughs> <laughs> and she says um okay she's like have you seen him before i'm like no no i just really need to see him now like this is the only only other thing I thought of. She was like, okay, well, um, I'm I'll I'll put you in this room right here and I'll just see, I'll page him. And if he comes up, he comes up. If he doesn't come up, I can't leave you up here, you know, on this right. floor and yeah. you're not admitted or seeing anybody mm-hmm. be here. And I'm like, okay. So she wills me in this room and I'm waiting. But at this moment, I'm like, oh snap. I can get a signal up here. I'm still bawling my eyes out. Pain is still increasing. I'm already at, I was already at a level 10. Like this, this is going off the charts now to where I got to get this dealt with. Period. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen anymore after this. Like I, I'm, I'm really broken, but I'm like, oh snap, I can call, I can call mama now. And hey, at this point, I need mama now. I need the <laughs> somebody, yeah. I need the mad black woman at this point. <laughs> I know daddy is at daddy's at work at shop or something, but I know mama for a fact. 
Oh yeah, my mama gonna definitely. Oh, she's gonna, yeah. <laughs> but I know she's gonna answer answer the phone as well. I leave a voice message with both of them. She didn't actually answer the phone, but I leave a uh, leave a voice message. And uh, before dad actually called me back, mom called back. It was just they mama mom called me back first, probably about five ten minutes before dad did. Mama calls and uh, she says, uh, "Well, what's well, what's going to? Be? Are you admitted? Like she don't know all of this, so she, all she know in her head is that all right, he doesn't have a doctor anymore, but she know my main procedure. I don't normally call until I'm like admitted on a room on a floor, right. a specific number, right. and let her know what where, where we can go. And she's and she said, um, so what, what's going on? Like got you a room or whatnot? And even with her knowing that I don't have a doctor." Um, before I got out of the car, um, I was saying I, I wasn't worried before I got out of the car because I'm like, I'm, I'm going to see some nurses and doctors that know me. Like, I'm not tripping, tripping at all. And uh, yeah, so she says, uh, uh, what, what's the room? Like, what, what's going on? And I say, um, Mama, it's, it's a long story to, to this. I'm not admitted, but I really do need your help or your assistance right now. I'm on nine west. I'm not on nine east. Just take the elevator and hit nine west. It's gonna open the other door on the elevator. And she says, "Okay, all right, all right. I'm 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 gonna call. I'm gonna call your daddy as well. And I'm coming up there." I said, "All right, all right. I have no idea what she was doing, but nigga, I need the mad black woman at this point." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Mama ended up making it up here to this room before anything and while mom's in this room with me um <laughs> you know what's funny actually you know <laughs> i can tell mama was already here because you can hear her heels in the hallway oh right yeah <laughs> that's that's a dead giveaway you can like, hear I can tell. like i barely heard the elevator ding further down the hallway but i'm <laughs> hearing them heels clacking i'm like oh oh yeah yeah that's mama right there and then she says uh i'm <laughs> Mama is different, bro. When <laughs> something goes left and she don't rock with it, mm -hmm. Mama, I can hear this because I'm like I said, I'm only one room away from like the actual nursing station, but it's a little gap or whatever. And I can hear Mom say, uh, "I'm here for my son." He said he on this flow. Um, where is he at? Where is he located? Why the doctors ain't seen? Like Mama is already going off oh, on the yeah. lady. He already know. <laughs> at the I already know. <laughs> I can hear her going off. And in my head, I'm like, no, not them. Not them. No, they, <laughs> wrong they, people, they, wrong people. They're, they're on my side. <laughs> but all I could do was just yell, Ma, Ma. And she hears me and she ignores them and just come back here. And she's saying, I, I can already tell Mama was bawling her eyes out. Her eyes is already red. Like I said, I can already hear her going off on the other ladies at the front desk. I'm going to get in. I'll break down the whole thing to her. You talking about mad black woman? Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> this was a whole nother level that I was like, you know what? I might need daddy because I can't control this. Oh, <laughs> I don't know where this is going to go. And mama <laughs> is ready to let it go on anybody. Right. I'm like, I can't. I can't control that level of energy. The only person I can think of is daddy. But uh yeah, so she's she's in there with me now. She's she's tripping out about this whole story. And uh not too long after she get there, 
Doctor, um, I, I hear, no, nah, I'm going to leave that part out because I don't want to be disrespectful. I, I said Arabic the first time. I don't know the actual, you know, term or what. I don't want to be incorrect and come across Middle, disrespectful. Middle Eastern. Sir. My Middle brother. Eastern. <laughs> Middle Eastern. There we go. Also, if I'm wrong, uh, blame him. Middle Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> Middle Middle Eastern. I, I, I hear that accent. I I can hear that 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 accent like talking to the nurse and just the way he's speaking I'm like oh I bet that's him because I haven't heard no other voices or nothing like mm. there's no there's nobody else in these other offices so I'm the voices I was only hearing was from the nurses at the front desk and mom by the time she got up there but now I'm hearing that and I'm like oh I bet that's him I hope this is him I, I hope I hope he's able to help me I hope he's able to do something I have. I have nothing. I, I don't know what to expect. He gets in, he gets in there, and mama, uh, <laughs> mama already still at the same level. She she tries to give him the story that I gave her, like what I'm giving y'all. Right. Oh no, but mama delivering it in the mad black woman phase times two. And I'm like, bro, we 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 need him. He's on my team. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 mama, I got it, I got it. Mind you, through all of this, I am still in pain. I am still hurting, bro. I'm still crying. I was like, no, I got it, I got it, I got it. And I break it down to him. And as soon as I finished telling him everything, first thing he did, no, no, second thing, he, he said a statement and he said, no need in having, he said in the, in the accent, but no need in having these nurses that are not willing to do their job. Then he kicked the little, uh, you know, that little edge of the bed. And when you go mm. to the uh, clinic and they got that little foot thing before you stand on top of the bed. I mean, I right. stand on, but get on the bed. Yeah. Kick that part. That boy was solid metal. And he said that and kicked that part and and, and left out. And he said, I'll, I'll be right back. You, you stay right here. But he was heated. He was heated. And just with mom seeing that, mom started to calm down a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And next thing you know, those same nurses that was out there in the hallway on on that floor right there came in, started trying to give me an IV, pain fluids, the proper pain fluids, the proper amount of uh, uh, IV, wait, did I say IV fluids and the proper amount of pain medicine that is needed for me to get my crisis under control. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, thank you. Mama's more relieved now, I'm more relieved. I'm still trying to maintain. So even though I'm getting my pain medicine and getting the hydration that is needed from the IV, I still gotta I still gotta try to keep my body at, an, at least at a, a neutral state or I gotta try to control it more because I'm already off the charts. Any and everything else is gonna make this crisis worse. So I got to rely on not only um, the medicine and whatnot, but now here, here come, here come my, my faith and, you know, believing in God and everything else come into play. Now, now I'm praying in my head. Now I'm, 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 I'm getting back slowly, but surely to, to my normal self within those next 30, 45 minutes, I, I finally reached enough to where uh, at least a lower state enough to where now I can kind of bring a little bit of humor and more sarcasticness back into the room for mama. Cause I can see I'm good, but mama still 
She's still there a little bit. Right, right. But now, you know, now my, my, my normal self is starting to come back into play. I'm I'm still in pain, but my humor and sarcasm is coming back in the, into the atmosphere. And like I said, mom, she was she was still off the charts, but she's getting better because she she saw how um attached and caring he was through the way he responded. And she's also able to see that all right, I'm I'm starting to be my normal self as well. And with me being uh like I said, humorous and whatnot. That's when right. mom said, uh, well, I, 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 you know, she always say, I don't know where you came from, but boy, uh, God sure bless me with you. You're still <laughs> able to laugh through all of this. And, and boy, you so strong. I don't know where you came from. It's like, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So from then on, um, yeah, he came back after probably about an hour. 45 mm-hmm. minutes to an hour. And just, just from what I know about Dr. Tofig now, I bet you, like, after he um, gave me my medicine and whatnot, I can put money on it that he went down there and probably went off on somebody. Went off on somebody. Yes. Because he is like that to this day. I have heard him tear down a whole nursing station on 9 East in regards to the actual nurses. Right, right. Oh my God. Yes. So yeah, he's definitely very caring. But yeah, after a while, yeah, he came back and my head, I'm like, can you be my doctor? <laughs> can we be friends? Right. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, shortly after that, um, he admitted me to the hospital, and while I was admitted in the hospital, probably the day after, because that day, the crisis had gotten uh, a lot of worse, even though I was a lot more worse, even though my humorous side and my sarcastic side started to come back, the crisis was already at levels to where I can't really control it anymore, so I'm getting pain every which way, and the only way for it to be uh, contained or at least dealt with properly is the medicine and whatnot that I needed to get better. Cause otherwise it didn't matter what I was doing. That was starting to hurt. How I said earlier with, with me willing my arms and all of that. Right. Yeah. That, that came into play. My arms started, um, um, getting, uh, slightly swollen and having pain. My legs were still in pain. So with me being at this high level of a pain crisis, I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be moved. My, my legs still hurt. Like I said, I can't walk. I can't use. I don't want to move my arms because now mm-hmm. that hurts. My chest is hurting because the emotional stress and whatnot that consumed me all in that moment. Heart was racing. Like now my chest hurt. Now my back hurt. Now my sides hurt. Like everything else, a part of my body that was even touched in regards to a crisis and whatever was um, being engaged with during those high level moments right now actually turning into like their own full blown crisis. While before it was, all right, my legs and stuff is hurting. This is one full crisis. But now with everything being escalated, oh no, the arms have their own crisis. This, this one is aching and whatnot. My sides along the side of my rib cage 
these are hurting, but it's a throbbing sensation. My legs are still hurting from originally. So it, it really feels like I got several different episodes of a crisis going on that got their own time span and, and uh, hydration and medicine that is needed to deal with them properly. So mm. after a while, like the second day or whatnot, that's when brought in some paperwork, fill in the paperwork. Hey, I got a new doctor, guys. <laughs> got a new doctor. So, yeah, that that's really the yeah, that's really the conclusion of that story. I, I mean, I didn't think about how how detailed that that story was actually going to be, but I I felt the need to just give everything fully and the full experience. Like none of that was over exaggerated, and the only the parts that may feel exaggerated or low key. I like the ones that I provide, like the little jokes and humorous moments within talking about it. But overall, all of that, no, that that is dead ass. That that is how I got my doctor now through all of that. And you had the previous doctor for how long again, bro? That that dude, man, he was my doctor all through pediatric. Um, that's double digit years, bro. Yeah, that's that's the crazy part. That's you had to go through all of that to get the doctor you had now. And not knowing, he was always around the corner. Right, bro. And didn't even know it. He was, this dude been working here. Didn't and was, even, the, was the doctor yeah. that you had before, was was they even specialized in sickle cell? They were specialized. Okay, now see, okay, that's, that's a good, that's a great question, actually. Because a lot of the doctors that um, deal with um, sickle cell are... Are, uh, now, I don't want to say majored in, but those are the doctors that deal with uh, medium to uh, high level uh, acute pain. And mm-hmm. um, dang, I forgot the, uh, the actual name, but kind of like a blood disorder. Like they also deal with cancer patients. Like okay. it's, a, it's specific, it's a specific genre. Yeah. Or yeah. Title or whatnot, group or whatnot. Like that, other, that's where that comes in. Other people have like similar, not necessarily similar diseases, but like have a similar experience of access dealing with pain and stuff like that. Like that yeah. tolerance or actually, I, actually, other other patients or whatnot that have similar treatments. Mm, okay, there we go. That's, that's the full thing. So, like a cancer uh, patient, they might get the same treatment that I get as well because of the pain and whatnot, because of the organ damage that can happen. Like, yeah. Those doctors, I forgot the actual title, but yeah, he was that. Okay, okay. But that that's also the normal. You can you can go to anybody and ask if their doctor is whatever that title is, and I'm forgetting, it, and it'll probably be that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had him for double digits, came here in what 93. And I think by the time I got him, man, that that, that had to be 11, 12 years, bro. Wow, yeah. That's the crazy part. So I had him for so long yeah. to not know that like, there was a sickle cell doctor waiting right around right the corner. there, bro. Oh, and God. a good one at that. And very right. familiar with it. Yes. Yes. Just, just the way he responded, man. For him to kick that edge of the table and be upset. And and then, like, even when I, the, what, the second second day I said, when, when they brought me the paperwork and whatnot, for him to be mm-hmm. my doctor, even within that, he started just talking about how sicklers get treated. He brought that up. Yeah. I'm a, I'm still in the recovery stages of I don't really feel like talking, but I appreciate you. Right, right. 
so he he him bringing that up i was like oh oh no he really he really in tune he really tapped in for real mm-hmm. yeah he knows about yes um that's the end of the story yes i, I have one question for you what was what, what was your engagement through like did, did you was you aware of this happening on your end like at that moment um i think after the moment yeah i think i i heard about it afterwards yeah again it's not like are you saying like have this story that you just told me i never knew it before oh uh, yeah like with, with me being with me being sick mama driving all over giving pharmacy seeing the clinical doctor finding out that i've been dropped like all of that going on like where was you at in, in like in that moment? Where was your engagement? Like, what were you aware of with me going through all of that at that time? I don't really even remember to be honest. I was trying to think about like where was I in that moment. Like, I remember hearing all these stories, and I remember, like I said, the situation with you with the whole medicine and going to pharmacy to pharmacy and all of that, even mm-hmm. with the doctor. I think I found out. I just feel like for me, I found out the last minute type of situation where like it already done happened, but like. I think because either for me, because most of the times I'm either, I was either in school or something around there, I was gone. So, like, when I hear about mm-hmm. it, it's like when I'm coming back or it's like, oh, the whole situation happened, then, oh, this is what happened, Shaquan. So, I think, I don't know where I was at that point. Because what year was that? I'm trying to think. You know, I am the wrong person to ask that question. Or, like, what age? What age do you think he was at? I don't even Oh Lord! All right, I got Medport pretty in just like some years ago. I had to be. Uh... Oh wait, you know what? That was probably I was probably twenty, twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Yeah. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I was nope. I, I changed that because I'm going by the Medport. I had that in put in up under Dr. Tofig and I've had it for six years. So I was probably 20, 23, 24, actually. Here we go. Yeah, 23 or 24 years old. 23 or 24, I'm going to see. So that was around like 2011 or 2012. And that was the time I was graduating, if that was the case. Mm. Um, okay. So was was it before or after, like, did Granaddy passed away already or no? You probably remember it. Yeah, man. I, I, okay. I can't even well, yeah. <laughs> it, was, I mean, it was basically the time around I was in high school, senior year, and yeah. So I, there was probably a lot of stuff was happening. Yeah, so I probably got the last minute. But I remember this, and I'm trying to remember, was I there? I remember there was a one point where I do remember we're just going to different pharmacies trying to find you some medicine, but I don't, that's what I'm saying. Was that yeah, this moment or there, not? There was a, a portion within that throne. I, I didn't add it, but even when I was like already at home or whatever, mm-hmm. mama was still going around trying to get it filled. Right yeah. And I yeah. that's what I remember. I remember at some point I was going around trying to find you a mess at different pharmacies. I remember we end up going to the, I think even one point, your your whole pharmacy's changed to like this place on like Clara Road that wasn't even like a like a, a regular mm-hmm. pharmacy. It wasn't a Rite or Walgreens anymore. Mm-hmm. It was this little pharmacy here for some reason where you can get your medicine from. Um, right. Oh wait, wait. Are you saying are you saying the the location like which pharmacy I was using changed or the pharmacy turned into like a totally different company? Yeah, both. 
okay, okay, then yeah, I was I was already with Dr. Tofik at that point because when when uh, my pharmacies changed and I was go, I was still getting my medicine and whatnot through different pharmacies, mm-hmm. it only changed because I was under Dr. Tofik. That that was me signing the papers to where which pharmacy am I going to go to and change to. Mm, okay. So that's when that changed. I was up under him probably that that same month. Okay. Yep, yeah, that, that's when that happened. Okay. But yeah, I just and I do remember the conversation about they were like, oh, well, something with Mookie. His they were like, I just remember mom and them being pissed off about your doctor and like that's Yo. not your doctor anymore and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, what happened? And I just remember, I don't think they told me the full story either, but I, I knew what happened. I didn't know as much detail as you just explained, like that whole situation where you had a wheelchair around and your experience when you were just there by yourself, yeah. all of that. I would say I didn't know in terms of that detail, but I guess for me, the story that I knew of, like there was a situation where you went to the hospital, you went to the ER, they wouldn't accept you for a moment. And when you got there, they try to kick you out. Mm-hmm. And then I know um, your doctor at that time basically was not basically just kind of same. Doctor. Yeah, just terminate you in a way. Yeah. And because that was the same doctor that y'all was still seeing, like his mm-hmm. partner was also your right. main doctor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. His yeah. His partner was our main doctor. So that's what I remember hearing. And then you had to find a new doctor. But the whole details of everything, like how you just explained, that's I think this is my first time hearing it to this level of detail. But I okay. knew I guess I knew the the highlights. I knew the main points gotcha. Gotcha. with all the details. I didn't know that. Mm-mm. Yeah. I, this might actually be my first time sharing that full story outside of uh mom and dad. Well, probably to dad. I think I probably shared the full story one time with dad. And mm-hmm. I didn't with mom because I didn't want to stress mom out right, yeah. knowing all of this. Cause that's what I was thinking in my head. I'm like, dang, like where was mom and dad at this situation? I'm like, if they was there, oh, it would have been lit. Like if you like the moment, the moment you said that the nurse came in and was trying to give you a wheelchair and take you go while you asking like you know for pain medicine. Like I'm like, if somebody was there, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't have happened like that. They they was already uh at work, and mm-hmm. this was during the day. And like I said, I couldn't get. No signal to call anybody anyway. Right. I had to just rely on whatever it was going on in the moment. I said, that's a testament to that whole situation. I said, you like, okay. Like, so I'm glad you start to like think quick on you and feel like, oh, shoot, like what I'm about to do because they are legit about to pick me out. I said, the last moment, you like, oh, that doctor and said, you know, find your way back up there. And, you know, the rest is history. But yeah, yeah. that's, and that's, yeah. That's that's some crazy situations to be in. <laughs> that's some yeah. Questions. Yeah. And and for for those of us that's wondering, like, all right, if none of that would have happened, like what what would have ended up happening on a, on the negative side of things? Like with the crisis escalating so much and at a rapid pace like that, it's it's doing more damage to my body than anything. So imagine like say you're your a part of your body is getting injured. Let's say with a hammer and hitting your leg. All right, the the body is aware of that and is able to understand. All right, this is pain. Blah blah blah, and it's also aware of the fact that all right, we also got to heal this now because of the inflammation, the swelling, or whatnot. But now multiply that by a leg, another arm, a chest, a side, the back of your head. Like mm-hmm. the body is in a state of oh my god, what the hell is going on? And oh my God, we gotta work overtime to get this better. 
And this is, it, it all still starts within self. And I'm only saying that in regards to the heart, but this is dealing with blood. Something like that could have easily turned into a stroke, a heart attack, a nerve damage, which I, I do have nerve damage and other things of, of that caliber. So with me not being able to deal with that properly, everything would have been out of control. And there, there was a chance of me dealing with something else that probably could have been a permanent issue on my life, dis- disability-wise and or just ending. So that that's where that goes to play in, in regards to the negative side of things. So I guess one big question I would say is like from experiences like that, what would you say is one of the biggest like misconceptions people hear or think about when you know people with sickle cell like what's you know what's one of the biggest ones that you can think of oh, or something oh. you want to let people know about sickle cell well, oh no I'm, I'm answering that first one because that, okay. that, that, that that is huge huge and still takes effect to this day is the fact of even like with that nurse dealing with me and not giving two shits about me being in pain and still taking the IV out, still going through the process of letting me go, whether or not she had orders to do so, there are still other nurses and doctors that I have came across on multiple occasions that know my whole procedure and what I'm supposed to get, but yet will be complete assholes and not give it to me or give me the smallest fraction of that amount only because they already they already got the uh notion or idea or way of thinking that all right he's one of the other few um cichlers that have came in here and he just wants some pain medicine oh he's an addict oh he's just addicted that's what it is oh oh he's only here because he done took all his own medicine at home or he probably done sold them all and he can keep on come here and do the same thing. And they, they act on that thought. They act on thinking that way. So with them thinking that, that makes it hard for people who are actually going through like a situation mm. like that. So with, with her doing that, who knows, even if she says she got the actual um, uh, procedure or the request or whatever, the instructions from another doctor to say, do this. That could have been a lie. She could have just been an asshole just just because of that. Because I've come across that a lot. A lot of people think that because I deal with um, sickle cell on a regular basis that I'm only coming to the hospital just to get the pain medicine. I'm only coming to the hospital because I'm addict. I can't get it nowhere else. It's like, bro, that's not everybody. Of right. course, one or all it takes is one or two bad apples and then we all get this image which we do but no that that's the biggest portion of that like they think we're all addicts and when at the end of the day there is we have to like not not have to be an addict but we have to take medicine to help our situation there is no other option bro we can sit there and now mind you there there are different ways of managing our health and moments when we're actually in a crisis that can be what herbal or more natural or whatnot but for the most part depending on the person their specific 
um, sickle cell issue and how they deal with it, all of that is different per individual. So we have no choice but to take the medicine that is provided. We don't want to be in pain all the time. If we if we had the choice, if I had a choice, I would have been throwing all them <laughs> trash, right, right, them down yeah, the toilet. Yeah. I still got clear memories of the first time I started taking high level medicine. I clear images. I ain't never thrown up that bad. I ain't never <laughs> been sleep that like that long and still like out of it in my head like i remember all of that yeah. so they, they think that that's something that we're choosing to do like this recreational nigga no <laughs> we, we gotta deal with this bro yeah we yeah. got to y'all gotta do better in, like health wise mm-hmm. and it's even harder for people who don't have like actual family or friends to have that support right exactly because there's not yeah bro there, would, there's mm-hmm. even family or friends that put that on people in their own personal life right and then you wonder why some of them give up so easily why why they stop caring so definitely need that support yeah yeah. especially in those situations too like so those doctors and nurses they don't know what they be doing i know you don't want to go into that story too but i know another one where mom and them came up and they realized that you was basically they was overdosing you with drugs and like (laughs) like come on now like you know what that that would be a good story but (laughs) <laughs> only because I was so out of it in that story, I only know oh, only the beginning and the yeah. end. Yeah, like I have yeah. to hear that story from like Sharita or mom or something because they were the ones that identified it. Yeah. In my head, the only images that I got of that is I was perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly, I wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't there pumping me up like I was a freaking gerbil or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they sit here, they have these stigmas like, oh, you guys like you know druggies or stuff like that. But at the same time, they like it's a part. If it's it's a, I feel like it's a whole system. It's like y'all they pitch you guys on these very harsh or very strong drugs Mm -hmm. and opioids to handle the pain and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you like? And it's you basically they were overdosing you (laughs) with drugs. So if you was able, if you was ever to have an addiction. They pretty much almost gave you a situation Bruh, like that because, like, that, they, yes, they pump it, they pumping it to you. So it's like, yes, that's that, that. Oh my god, that is that is so true. I became yeah. aware of that when I first started getting these meds that are like that, and I didn't feel like that until after, like, after I left pediatric and started being able to go to the adult floor. Mm. That first time was when I was getting the heavier drugs or whatnot in an IV. Yeah. And by the time I, I went home, I went into another crisis just because of how much medicine that was pumped into me. And I wasn't thinking nothing else about it, about it, that my body went into shock. See. And I had to come back. So now, yep. so now I'm getting the medicine again. Exactly. So it's like, that's not something you, you did on yourself. That's them doing it too. <laughs> so it's like, it, it's, it's, it comes in full circle and it's like, it's like they're almost like they're the drug dealer so it's like <laughs> and that's it that's the whole so crazy true, part so like definitely yeah. no support system there because if not like i said there's, there's still a lot more work that's needed because oh the fact my that God. those are the type of drugs or medicine that's being given to y'all to kind of cope with that that's the issue in itself so it, it really is it, it really is and, and even for those who be like well just tell them to give y'all a small amount you listen to the story that i just shared yeah. A small amount wasn't going to help mm-hmm. me in that situation. It uh-huh. helped for like 15 minutes, and then I got to get some more 
otherwise it's going to escalate and that's what that story has within that like there's a specific amount that is needed and i can't avoid it no matter what yeah and i'm pretty sure like there's isn't a lot of like natural remedies or medicine that's talked about often right at all either so it's like all they know is that it's like opioids and those stronger drugs it's like they don't even talk about some of the stuff that could said nationally derivatives that can actually help out. That's not even really talked about or like really investigated into. Like I said there's still so much work that still is needed. So so much. And you know what? For for you to mention that, I talked about that in that lab in the sickle cell meeting that I talked about a few mm-hmm. days or a week ago or whatever. I mentioned that and with the doctor and uh, the people that were there, and they were saying even no even the doctor said this. He said, yeah, a lot of people don't don't even look or go that route in regards to natural herbal medicine they go by what they know medicine wise chemically science wise Mm. laboratory wise they're not even taught that in in their classes of when you're going to be a doctor or whatnot oh yeah they they touch on it but they don't teach that they teach more on the medicine side pharmaceutical side exactly they push that like it's not even taught and I, i've even heard that from people in the ambulance and talking to people like i say every every opportunity i get no matter what the crisis is i'm trying to pull some value out of something mm-hmm. some way so even when i be in the back of an ambulance truck with somebody and i ask them are you familiar with sickle cell they'd be honest yes or no either way if they lying i i know you can tell because yeah. <laughs> i'll have a follow-up question that they can't really mm-hmm. answer and when i get that i'm like all right cool let me just give him this specific, you know, amount of information that he can take and apply with other people now. Yeah. And even ambulance drivers tell me that they don't even learn nothing about um, sickle oh, yeah. cell in in their classes or even herbal medicine or anything. They touch on it, but then they push everything else pharmaceutical. Yep. So that's a whole nother conversation I would love to get into about natural medicine and remedies versus yeah. pharmaceutical. It's, hey. it's a business. Hey. I'm sorry. It is business. It they is. need people to come to the hospital for a reason. So, hey. of course, they're not going to tell you treatments that can actually probably cure you. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uncle and Sam I'm, want his money, too. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'll be thinking about it, too. Like, like how you just said before, like, they grouped you before with your previous doctor. That was a doctor that specialized in other, um, you said similar um, Mm -hmm. things or whatever. And they probably said for doctors that don't even know what sickle cell is, they probably treated you as someone that has someone like cancer. And so they probably was even giving you medicine that will only should be given to cancer patients. They're like, oh, they don't know what sickle cell is. So let me try this out with them and see if this works or not. And that's what I'm saying. Like, so it's like, that's how it is to this day. One of the main medicines that they give to, Sicklers, like not pain medicine, but just in regards to maintaining the blood and uh, stuff going on internally. Yeah. One, one of the main medicines that there is popular now that they recommend for um, sicklers, it came from a derivative or a version that they normally would give for cancer patients. And that's how it became popular for sickle cell because they, it's like, all right, it's helping this, 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 and this, and this. But it's also a 20% increase in regards to helping the blood. So let's give that to them because right. all the other ones were like a 10, 15%. Mm-hmm. But it's really a cancer medicine. But how do you even get sickle cell? Like, is that like, 
how 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 rare is it or how common is it Ooh. and like how how yeah how do people get it rare okay how rare is it and okay now in a question like that i i'd like to give like specific percentages as an answer but because i don't know that right off the top of my head right now i don't even want to yeah. estimate what that percentage is but for the most part you can say that it is really just within the African American community or African period, just the black experience overall, not, not strictly limited to, but for the most part, even, even in the conversations that I've had with doctors or other people of other races that also may have sickle cell or know nothing about sickle cell and maybe just rude and disrespectful on all levels, I have heard other people also say, oh, that's the uh, Black disease. I've heard that to my face over the phone, like moments where I should not have heard it, but to to an extent, I mean, it's, it's kind of a factual statement. So it's, like it's primarily... Um... African Americans are impacted by it. Yeah, yeah, yes, def- definitely. Now, how how to get it? Okay, so I have sickle cell anemia SS. That is full blown sickle cell in regards to when I'm in a crisis or even moments when I have extreme uh, anemic moments or anemia moments. Where in regards to me being tired, fatigued, or whatnot, anything that I go through can hurt or harm or just an impact organs, bones, <laughs> uh, the vessels themselves, skin, like everything within the body. That's mm. that's full blown. Like any and every part of me can be damaged, has the potential to be damaged damaged permanently and continually uh continually broken down like as a cycle so like say if it's in bones and i'll i'll use my hip as an example in regards to just my bones that slowly over time they'll kind of take damage in regards to not receiving the oxygen that is needed properly so they may deteriorate over time or be brittle and whatnot but in order for anybody to even have sickle cell, at least for me in regards to sickle cell anemia SS, one parent has to have the trait and the other parent must have the trait as well. Two traits make a 25% chance of a sickle cell child. Mm. 25. So, 25%. And then what exactly the trait? I also have the trait. So like, what? what's the the difference from like the sexual trait from the full blown disease, and like, do people with trait also have like you know crises and things Ooh. like that happen to them? All right, all right, all right. So I'm I'm gonna answer those backwards in regards to someone having the trait and me, or you having the trait and me having a full sickle cell disease. On my end, I have a very high percentage of me going into a crisis if uh, I'm not taken care of properly or even taking care of myself properly or, you know, just different things in life 
that may have a heavy impact on me and my body, period. I can more than likely go into a crisis from it. And okay, now even with me saying that, don't don't take that as a statement of me just saying, oh my God, I am very, I'm very uh easily broken, or don't don't touch him, don't don't hug him, no. Don't give him, don't hit his hand too well, hard. Well, you probably still don't want to be hugged. So I think that's just that's still fine. that's just a yeah, that, that's just a personal thing. Like just get out of my personal space. That's that's what that is. But I'm not on that level, okay? Um in your case, I have never known for you to have a sickle cell crisis. I have never known of you being admitted for a sickle cell crisis. But I have known of you being uh, fatigued, uh, having anemic-like symptoms. So I would guess that uh, your your symptoms and problems or engagements, impacts in regards to you having the trait are on a lower scale compared to somebody who has a full-blown disease. Right. Does does that sound right? I mean, no, that's somebody that's, else who has the trait. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. And I'll say even so, basically with the trait, like as with Remy, he got the full-blown disease. So when he, like his sickle cell, his blood cells are like primarily a lot of them are in that sickle shape. Mm-hmm. While with somebody with the trait, we still have a lot of our regular, you know, round blood cells. We have a few here and there that may be sickle, but it's not nothing near to like cause any severe issues. Um, and as Remy mentioned, like, yo, know, every now and then, like the symptoms I'll say for myself that I've experienced have definitely been fatigued sometimes. Or I said that anemic like state, even I remember this one time I went hike, well, backpacking and to the point where it was very severe and we was also just malnutrition was not, uh, nutrition was not very great on that right. trip. And basically my hands went numb. Um, so that's those like mm. the small situations like that, but nothing too, too severe to put me in a hospital or things that basically can be remedied within like the next hour. If there was something like a big issue, like if I'm fatigued, just go and get some sleep. So right. it's like small stuff right. like that. I think I've gotten headaches before too, um, mm-hmm. maybe because of it, but nothing, nothing too severe at all. See now, in 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 your example, if that if that's me, knowing what I know about my body, me going hiking the way uh, you do, and reaching those different peaks of mountains and beautiful sights and whatnot, yeah. the altitudes and all of that. Oh my God, I am in a crisis for sure before I even <laughs> reach the top of that mountain. And when I get up there, if I'm not, I'm definitely going to be in a crisis up there and it's probably mm-hmm. going to be hell just to yeah. even get back yeah. down because of yep. the different levels in regards to oxygen and air and all of that that is no not, so, not so, happening so then is it difficult too for you like when like get on airplanes because uh, that's the whole situation i was too okay um airplane now i'm i'm happy see i can answer this Confidently, because there was a point where I did not want to get on an airplane. At, at least me personally, like as an adult, mm. though, okay, younger, you know, parents taking care of you and flying all over the world or whatnot in regards to having a parent that's in the military as well. The stories that I've heard in regards to that were never like, oh no, you never really had a crisis, blah, blah, blah. But with me growing up as an adult, 
my fear was I am not getting on a single airplane to do <laughs> anything because I know the oxygen levels are very different up there. And then I started hearing the fact that on airplanes, it's also very cool on the inside. Mm. And I was like, hey, it's not. What do I look like going into a crisis <laughs> in an airplane in the sky? <laughs> what? There's no hospital in the sky. This is about to right. be hell from the time I go into a crisis to the time I land. And I didn't even want to leave the hospital that I am so used to, to the point to where the doctors know me, the nurses know me and everything. And you you might understand that statement if you listen to the last episode. <laughs> but um, I, I conquered that fear and went to Atlanta for a sickle cell convention. And the only thing that I, I did notice was, okay, yes, it is cool in the airplanes for me. Going from uh, Michigan to Atlanta, it was it was good. Coming back, I was aware of the fact that, all right, I'm not as hydrated as I should be, but I was still pumping fluids and, you know, drinking water nonstop. I had medicine with me just in case things went left. And halfway from Atlanta coming back to Michigan, yeah, I started to feel a, a crisis slowly approach. It wasn't bad, but I can feel yeah. it like in my ankles and my legs and whatnot. And that's probably also because it not only is it cool in the airplane, but I had on ankle socks and probably some jogger pants. So the lower area of my skin was actually showing and that cold air was hitting it directly. And yeah, by the time I landed, I was still good though. I just knew I yeah. got to go home, take care of myself and get some sleep because there's a crisis coming in. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Was that just one question? I feel like it was two. I think that was, you know, I can't even remember Air, myself. Airplane. No, it was, okay. it was just the airplane. It was just the airplane. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. So things like that, I got to be aware of. Okay, sure. okay. And then for sickle cell as well, is it something that can only be, be given to you genetically? Like I said, are you you're only born with it or is it contagious if people are around you? Oh enough, my you god, know, bro. Will somebody magically get sickle cell as well? <laughs> <laughs> that that is such a real que a question. In uh middle school and high school, like especially around ninth, tenth grade. Mm -hmm. People would also find out, of course, that I have sickle cell. And it, it was probably also noticeable due to my eyes being yellow, jaundice and whatnot. And yeah. then I, I kind of wasn't taking care of my, uh, myself at the levels that I should have been. So mm -hmm. I would get those questions like, hey, why are your eyes yellow? Blah, blah, blah. And, but I would get it so much to where it's like, you know what? I'm just going to lie about it and say the most extreme <laughs> lie. To where you you only gonna have the thought of one, this dude is just crazy, whatever, or two, <laughs> he he really think he is this, and mm. they would ask me that. <laughs> I would say my eyes are yellow because I'm a werewolf, <laughs> and just just the re <laughs> just the reaction and response that I would see on people's faces and whatnot was priceless for me. So I carried that up for like oh, two, wow. three years. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so no, it, it's not <laughs> contagious. Like people finding out that it's like, no, that that's not the case. I don't know how you got that thought, but that that is a thought. No, it's not contagious. I can, 
we can hug. Like, <laughs> I can be in your general area. Like, it's, no, look, looking at me on the outside, if my eyes are not yellow, you would never really know that I had sickle cell, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Or unless you just really, really know me, because even in family cases, friend cases, y'all know I can still put on a front and mm-hmm. act like my oh, whole yeah. day is normal. And then you at the night, it's like, <laughs> nope, I gotta go to the hospital. Y'all. Right. <laughs> but, but uh yeah yeah no that actually brings that, me to dangerous. my that actually brings me to my next question was going to be about the yellowing of the eyes so like what why does that happen like what causes it you to have yellow eyes from sickle cell um okay to avoid the <laughs> scientific specific <laughs> answer is is just um my body not being in the proper state that it should be in in regards to uh sickle cell having sickle cell anemia so knowing that all right if my body is not hydrated on the levels that it should be for my blood cells to act properly or even not just being hydrated just my blood cells have to be at a particular level for me to even just function properly on a normal basis otherwise uh let's say the wrong impact or something in in regards to just doing something or an emotional state whatever impact if my body is not um suitable to receive that said impact then all right my blood cells are going to act up and things are going to start showing the symptoms or whatnot Mm. the pain the the clots the eyes of the yellow the skin being yellow that's the the jaundice as well Yeah, yeah yeah so my body has to be at a specific level for that. Okay, okay. And basically, if I'm not mistaken, what the jaundice is basically like the buildup of like the um, the bilirubin and the, hey. the the yellow okay. part and the okay. red blood cells. Okay. And basically, your liver can't really dispose okay. of the dying red blood cells as quickly, so that's what causes up the buildup in the yellow tint, which is called. I jaundice. see you. You know? I see you. See, I was avoiding all those words because I'm like, <laughs> if I say it, I'm gonna have to break down each word. And I'm like, no, <laughs> go Google it. This is what I'm. That's gonna true. Say. Or yeah, can you go Google it? Because yeah, I need to get educated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind breaking none of this down, but it's like right, right, I, right. I gotta break some things down. But I know mm-hmm. within that breakdown, people don't know what that or this may mean. So it's like I gotta break down that too. No, that's but, true. Yeah, that's F true. It. He said it. I agree. <laughs> Hey man, <laughs> appreciate you. <laughs> and I guess like one of the big questions I have to ask as well is, of course, is there a cure? There's so many treatments going on now. There's like yeah, the, here, the bone marrows, gene therapy, and all that stuff. Stem like, cell transplant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is there a cure now? Ooh, okay. All right. Um, is there a cure for sickle cell disease? Yes. Now, for that, yes, there are different ways of achieving that uh, said yes. So, like, I'm aware of um, bone marrow transplant, stem cell, well, kind of one and the same thing with that, gene therapy. And with these methods, these methods are still, they're, they're not new, new. Like, if I was to put some years on it, let's say, 
not actual, this is example. <laughs> Let's say this has been here for probably eight to 11 years or something. So it's, it's new, but not like completely new, new. But there are individuals who have been cured from these said uh, um, therapies or surgeries for sickle cell. Mm. Now, there are also, for these same cases, there are also individuals that have been cured from it, but also knowing the additional steps after the said therapy moment or said cure or surgery moment, there are also important steps after that to keep that process going. So some people have reverted back to actually having sickle cell again. Mm. But the biggest thing with with these um, therapies or surgeries is the fact that not only are they still new, but since they are kind of new, they are very they are very risky for the said individual. Not necessarily just due to like, okay, the surgery is going wrong, dead. Oh my god, what happened? No, it's more so in the fact of your body has to be in a specific, uh, uh, let's say, state to even Get go the through the therapy, to go through the uh, surgery, go through the, um, the, the sad moment or whatnot. And then your body also has to go through another cy- a cycle while all of this is going on. And then it has to be a third cycle for your body to recover and keep this said um, therapy or surgery going on. And then that's because of all of these cycles and phases and patterns that has to be maintained, these are very high and risky um, pressure moments for the body to where it's like, hey, if you want to try it, you can, but it's it's going to be a tough road for you for next year or two, even yeah. after going through it. So, so like it's almost it's still with the treatments and stuff like that. It's still like kind of experimental in a way. It seems like it's yeah, still, yeah. That's that's what the, I wanted to say, but I was like, yeah, I, it's not that, but it is because it's still kind of new. Okay, okay. So there's there's no one stop shop like this. No, no. Here, no. this is going to fix everything. Everybody gets a bone marrow transplant. You will no. be cured. It's still no. like said it like it's like you you mentioned already, but it depends on that also that person's health and conditions right how it, it can right. combat with the treatment that they get almost right and, and I, it, yeah i i can even tie in uh, my my own personal example and understanding and there there was there still is of course because in the back of my mind it's like all right that 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 thing is attainable there is potential there but yeah. i also know the other risks that may come included with that and me understanding my body is like oh snap i know I, my body respond this way when I'm aware of the fact that I might be going into a crisis. My body act differently in this regard when I actually in, uh, am in a crisis and my body act this way when I'm on a recovery from a crisis. So right. knowing that there, of course, has been discussions for me to have a bone marrow transplant or stem, uh, stem cell, what, what was stem cell therapy, gene therapy or yeah. gene therapy and with my discussions with understanding the process of me going through this, all right, it had to come down to, all right, do I, do I have a sibling that have a match in regards to, let's say, blood or um, bone marrow? All right, mm-hmm. if they do, 
how much of a percentage, like where exactly is that match? Because if things are not equaling up properly, I can still risk it and try it. But like I said, the body has to go through its own acceptance or phase or cycle even just to, to get that. Okay. And even after all of that, you may like say the the actual person. If I was to go through it, I'll be I'm done with the surgery. Cool. Now I'm in recovery stage, but I didn't know the recovery comes with. All right, I got to receive dialysis every single day for about mm-hmm. a year. I got to take this medication. I'm gonna be admitted to the hospital for at least eight months. Period. I can't do nothing. Like right. all of these are heavy, heavy factors that people are not aware of, or and you find out after the fact and you revert back because you got to keep this said pattern or cycle going on since you have had the surgery so nah for me no nah, i don't want it but yes there is something out there right now but i will wait me personally I, i'm waiting yeah until something is like more concrete yeah, and like yeah. established because yeah. we ain't about to risk no explaining nope. what's happening oh nope. what happened in the movie? <laughs> well you were just fine you know minutes ago and now you know He's, I don't know. He's no, bro. <laughs> no, no. And and if you've been listening to the podcast up to this point, like you, you know how I even, or at least to an extent, you understand how I even visualize sickle cell in my life. Yeah. So it's like you know what, I'm I'm accepting of this and this, but then to throw those percentages higher, like say in the sickle cell Christ, I'm aware of all right, there's life and death within all of this and whatnot, but then to go through. A specific said process and shoot those percentages up. Uh, yeah, this definitely might go left for sure. Yeah, seventy-five. Yeah, you, yeah, you legit nah. maybe experience some life and death situations even more. Then. Nah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. That's true. That's true. Okay, so I guess with that, then I mean, this is te- technically our provoking thought segment. I said this is sickle cell awareness month, so we want to make sure we are focusing Ooh. on sickle cell. Um, and with that, do you have any final thoughts or last things you want to say to the people? And also, too, do you even for recommendations for people to get more information and educate themselves? Do you have any resources for that as well? God, dog. Um, yes. Now, now I'm just going through a Rolodex in my head because that's the question that I can answer way too many ways. And I have to choose one. Um, I'm I'm gonna go backwards because I kind of don't remember what the first one was. But um, to find out more information, I mean, you can definitely um, sickle cell. What's SCDAA? I believe it is Sickle Cell Disease Association of America. You can find out a lot of information on there, and very um factual on, on the on the stuff that they present even when it comes down to stats and whatnot i mean other websites you can find but if i had to choose one specifically i would say that one because that that is also the same uh association or, or whatnot that is very heavy in regards to like doing things for sickle cell as well i went through them to even go to atlanta and they paid for all of that there so Oh wow! I would I recommend their website. Um, in regards, there are books like personal experiences and stories and whatnot that I have that I have read. Um, but I can't remember none off the top top of the head at the moment. But there are some. Um, or 
I also have a YouTube channel called Your Fellow Sickler. I have a lot of like direct, raw, unedited videos over there on my channel as well that show experiences of me actually being in a crisis. Let's say like level one to five, and then let's say level six to seven, and then eight to nine. Like I have a lot of those videos over there and it's directly from someone who has sickle cell. So and we'll make sure to drop drop the links to in the descriptions of the episode just for people can easily access for a lot of the resources. Yes. And also in that regard, then um, I'll be sure to put my uh, sickle cell email there. I don't mind answering questions for sickle cell. No, don't troll it, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'll answer any and talk about any thing in regards to sickle cell. I don't care if you're somebody who just want to talk about it. I don't care. We can talk. I Definitely, I can talk. Period. I don't mind. It's not that, though. You will, yeah, you will be blocked, and we will never, ever speak. Probably in real life as well, if I find out. Don't get yourself blocked, people. (laughs) (laughs) And with that... With that, this is Provoking Dialogue. You can follow us on all social media platforms at Provoking Dialogue. That is spelled P-R-O-V-O-K-I-N, Dialogue. And you can find me on my social media platforms at Naturally Shot. You can find me at uh, Remy underscore Y-F-S. That is R-E-M-E underscore Y-F-S. Remy is R-E-M-E underscore Y-F-S. You can find that anywhere as well. So we hope you left with a refreshing new point of view. Until next time, have a good night. Adios. Adios.